Hello to our early stage founders in Vietnam, our aspiring entrepreneurs, and those just curious about the entrepreneurship journey. This is not just another VC podcast. AVV Founders and Friends is here to share candid stories about the founders in the ecosystem, really demystifying and bringing light to their early stage journey, especially those first six to 12 months. I'm Adrian. And I'm Ho. And we're the hosts of the AVV Founders and Friends podcast. Hello, everyone. We are your hosts, Ho and Adrian, and welcome back to AVV Founders and Friends podcast season one. We're sitting down with successful entrepreneurs in Vietnam and Southeast Asia to get a behind the scene look on their first hires and early teams of their companies. And today we are here with special guest Min Zhang, former partner of Talent and Culture at Mekong Capital and currently the founder and partner of Leaders and Culture at Newing. Now, while we usually have tech founders join us, uh, Zhang, you are joining us as a former private equity investor and worked directly with portfolio companies after Mekong Capital invested. Can you quickly share with the audience what kind of work you did at Mekong Capital um, on talent and culture? And yeah. can you share with us more about Newing? Yeah. Hello, both. Thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. This is really an honor. So, um, I have worked at Mekong. I used to work at Mekong Capital for more than 12 years. And at Mekong Capital, I uh, partner like together with our team, with talent and culture team. So we partner with our investing company to build up the leadership team. I mean, that like recruit and hire the C-Swiss team there and um, also help them to organize and facilitate, host, the leadership development program. And for my staff, I personally work directly with the CEO and the HRD to build up the corporate culture. What's the corporate culture here? I mean, is that the ways of working, like the ways of the team coordinate, communicate, and make a decision to produce the result. Um, I mean that until now, more than like a 20s Vietnamese company. And I had the opportunity to... Uh, to witness their progress, like a, like a, for example, like a FATA in like a 2015, when I work with them, they only have three founders and we need to recruit the whole leadership team there. And now they have a more than 800 store and 80% of leadership team, they were recruited like from Econ Capital. So that's my pride and that's my luck when working at Econ Capital. Thank you. That sounds amazing. Um, and I'd love to ask you a little bit more about this journey at Mekong Capital. But before we get there, um, can you share with us a little bit more about Newing, the company that you're building now? Yeah, um, uh, I am the co-founder with five Vietnamese women. And by 2025, we aim like to uh, provide the coaching and the consulting service for like to 10,000 Vietnamese leaders. And um, currently, we uh, we work with most of the our clients, our partners are the Vietnamese companies. Twenty uh, percent are the Vietnamese startup company. Fifty percent are SME. SME here mean that like uh, they are they pass the survival mode, and now they're ready for scaling up. And twenty percent they are all the well-established Vietnamese companies, and they. The next game, maybe that they want to build up the 100 years companies or move to the multinational companies. Yeah. 
Thank you. Um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about Newing later. Yeah. Can you tell us about one of the first teams that you helped build um, for a portfolio company at Mekong Capital? And what was that like? So my first time, uh, I remember I joined Mekong Capital in 20, in 2010. Um, at that time, VAS, Vietnamese Australian School, so they have, they have to recruit the CEO, the new CEO. To turn around the VAS. And the criteria here is that that person needs to work well both with the board, <laughs> including Mekong Capital and um, the founder, the chairman, and also like, who can help, who can like, empower the current management team. So um, uh, we comes up with the list of the comparable companies in the world. Yeah, in the world. And then I um I found on LinkedIn and I've searched on the Google and I remember um there was the name Marcel Von Meer in my list and he has a like a perfect experience in turning around the, and he has also like a you know have a solid experience in working with the venture capital with the P firm with the I mean that have a solid experience in managing the stakeholders. And I called directly from Vietnam to, to UK. And I called the secretary. And that was the first time that I talked to Marcel. And after uh, like uh, sharing about the opportunities and we want to engage him to serve as um, board member first, and maybe the, after that, so he can step down to be the CEO and he accepted the offer later. Yeah, and he spent like um, six months as a board member at VAS, and then he he took the role as the CEO, and that was the big recruitment ever, because he was the person who turned around VAS. It- what were some of the other qualities that you identified um, in this candidate that you thought made him exemplary? So we, the first thing that we defined that we. We define that him has a exactly experience that what like the same skill set, the same competency that we need for this um, for this company. The second thing that uh, back to the like to more specific here. So he you to he 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 is the perfect guy to handle the problem. Like at what's going on. So so normally that we recruit that like we need to identify. Okay, so what we are facing up now as a company, and we find the people who have the exactly experience who handled that in the past. That's one. And the second thing is that um, in the, our interview process, and especially the reference check, but we spend a lot of time like, to conduct the reference check to ensure that like, uh, he has, um, to ensure that like, uh, in the, his progress, he exactly was the person that we want to recruit so when you recruit this person across the pond, I think one of the you know first questions that comes up beyond skill and experience is how will this person work in this environment? Um, I think there's two different cultures, right? You have Vietnamese culture, you have you know the the, the UK or English culture, right? Um, and then there's the culture and values of the organization itself, right? And there's no you know it's it might be hard to really determine if somebody who's a senior leader. Um, who has all the experience really um, uh, can embody these the, the culture and values of the organization. Um, 
typically this might come from founders and owners, right? So how did you um, and the HR managers really test for like these core values? Mm. Uh, to be honest, that even like now I share with you, I, I, I can share with you the best practice or like to test the core value. However, we don't know until he's or she's on board. That's why, like, I, I, um, so this is what this is, this may not like you want, you don't want to listen, but no, trust me, I have a, I think that I have a more than like include the time that I work as a headhunter, the executive search at Navigos Group. So I have a more than like 15 years to recruit the C suite people. You don't know until that you get him or her on board. So that's why that, um, we always um we always like spend time like to consider onboarding as the as the recruitment phase as another recruitment route yeah and um yeah so and we don't believe in the interview much but we do believe in the conducting the reference check mm. yeah because in the interview so um you know like if now i I'm smart enough to to know what kind of the what type of the people that you are looking for. I can I can pretend to be in one hour, but I cannot pretend in one year, two year, or three years. So that's why that's the intention <laughs> that we check the reference check. We focus mm. on like conducting the reference check, right? And reference check might work better. Um, I, I think that's that's really interesting because I've heard the exact opposite from from other um, HR professionals, right? Uh, so I'd love to dive into into some of that. And you already kind of started talking about this, which is the the reference check part. How do you do it well? Because I uh, what I've heard from from many other HR professionals is that sometimes it is it can be a little bit of a waste of a time, right? And um, if you do it in a way that actually doesn't help you make a hiring decision, then it's not really working for you. And so you have to, one of our previous guests actually talked about this, where he said, he asked us, like, how many times do you actually change your mind about your hiring decision after you did a reference check on a particular candidate? So yeah, please do elaborate. I'd love to understand your 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 perspective on this. So um, at first, we need to ensure that the CEO have a clear job deliverable, a job result, or expected outcome for this position, at least in six months, one year, and three years. Maybe that they don't see the three year, but at least in six months, you need to know, okay, this candidate, what things that the candidate need to resolve, need to produce, and that is the first step. And trust me, there's a lot of recruitment breakdown happen in this state. It's not about the reference check. Yeah. From that, so we conduct the interview and we conduct the reference check. So there's a lot of people, they don't believe in the, or they, like a house said, that they may see that the reference, conducting the reference check is a waste of time. I don't know what they did. However, like in our way, in the past, at Midcon Capital, whenever we recruit the C-suit candidates, we always conduct it. Like we, can, we always use our own network to conduct the reference check. 
rather than asking the candidates, giving us the, the phone number of his friend or his reliable or trusted network. And by, by, uh, by doing so, so I may conduct to, I may call to the service provider, the, even with the, with the big four, the audit firm, like, like yeah, many times when we conduct the, when we recruited the CFO, we always call the big four to, to ask the person who you to work directly with the CFO. What sort of questions do you usually ask um, when you do a reference check for a candidate? Uh, so in your interaction with this candidate, what you like in 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 um, how they react with the pressure, or how they react when they um, when they feel that they cannot control the emotion or something like that. Yeah, all the all the question is that about like okay, tell us. It's it's all the open, uh, open question. It's not yes no, yeah. Or tell us the situation when you witness he or she, um, like um, facilitate the conversation to get alignment from the team member, something like this. So we want to find the story, because in the story or in the situation. It can show up, it can express the exact behavior of this candidate rather than yes, no question. For example, when we conduct um, the reference check of one candidate and we ask about, okay, so how he can tell us the situation when he uh, he facilitate the conversation to get alignment about the team from the team member. And when that person share details, we know exactly, okay, so this candidate so in in my perception, I said, "Oh wow, this candidate definitely. I think that this guy maybe like complete the coaching program or something like this." So we are looking for the behavior, not the values in these um, in these question. And back to Andrian, so how can we test the corporate culture or the core value? So we always find the story or the or the situation that candidate express or behave that we we think that fit with our sense of the behavior and the core core value of the, our companies. Yeah. Wow. Um, th- there was a gem there. Um, you test for behavior over values, right? And that I think in your explanation of how you do the reference checks, you've highlighted how getting these stories demonstrates the behavior, right? And perhaps this behavior is it demonstrates certain values, right? Whether we can label those on behalf of the candidate or not, but we have a better idea of how this person might behave in the company. Um, but I, also, I love how this goes back to this point you made. Yeah. So we don't know if yeah. this person's a fit until they're they're here, right? They're in the company, they're, they're operating. And you can, yeah. almost anyone can become the kind of person that you're looking for start to embody, you know, values um, in an hour long conversation or maybe in a through a week, but they can't do that for for six mm-hmm. months, right? Because um, yeah. there's only yeah. so much that you can see um, in your hiring process, and then yeah, so I think I think that's that's a very important uh, yeah. thing to to realize. Um, Using so, yeah, yeah. Totally aligned, however, using onboarding process as the part of hiring process. 
even now at Mekong Capital, so we we hire slowly, but we fire very quickly. I mean, and we use our onboarding process as the as the process that we can identify whether the candidates fit with our core value or not. Like you put them on the field, no? mm. right? And you see them and witness them rather than in the room, rather than like through the conversation you have in the interview. And for some, and for some people, um, for some people, especially for the C-suite leadership team, it may take more time. Yeah, maybe three months or six months. So that's why that uh, we always like I I always like consult um, our CEO as our investing companies that at first. He or she need to align with the candidate on the same page with the candidates. What kind of the deliverable he or she need to produce in first three months? Maybe that's not in terms of the result, but maybe that's in terms of uh, how to um, so how to to complete one of the minor step in the journey, something like that. But you need to have the job deliverable or the or the expected outcome should be aligned with the CEO uh, we, we should be aligned with the candidates right on the first working day because uh, mm. that's yeah and normally that um we forget that so normally that like um, as Asia we always focus on the job description no but I just focus on the expected outcome the result and the second thing that we need to like I said we need to use the onboarding process as a part of hiring process. So that's why that we need to ensure that we can track and measure the the whether he or she fit with our uh, fit with the with the position or not. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one last thing I just want to throw in the mix there is we really think about this, like using the lens of onboarding being part of the hiring process. Um, then I'm curious if you agree or disagree with this statement, which is retaining new hires, whether you can retain a new hire or not. Uh, it's not necessarily like if you have to fire people within the first three or six months, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm alive, <laughs> especially for the season leadership. I'm so sorry, but retain the, the wrong person, especially at the leadership position. So the consequence that you need to handle after that is much more bigger than firing them and replace a new one. Mm. Yeah. So I guess like one thing on that is that, you know, that's like scary, right? Especially when you're hiring, um, you're hiring C-suite leaders, um, even if you're hiring like higher level managers or execs. Why? Because for, especially for, you know, startups, younger companies, you spend so long searching for this person, right? And you said, hey, we, we hire slow, we fire fast. So you invest all this time, these resources, collective resources from multiple people across the team. You're doing all these reference checks and you found like, hey, I finally found this person, right? You finally found this person. You think that you did all the checks and we don't really know what's going to happen until they come in. 
And then the first day that they're on the job, and we know it's onboarding. So as you said, hey, this is part of the still part of the the hiring process, right?、Um, but you're like, man, this is not going to work out.、Um, so, final question for you on this is: How would someone, how would a leader of a company, how would a founder be able to get over that? Right? How would they be able to Really think differently or change their mindset about bringing that leader into the company,、um, and not so much worry about hey if this if this person's going to churn out very quickly. Hmm.、Uh, how so? Like I just share what I just share with you both. That's the can that can help them like、uh, to evaluate or to choose the right person. It starts with the. With the measurable, the facts and the data, the outcome that we can track and measure in terms of the result, the candidates fit with the position or not. That's one. And the second thing is that、um, because that's the fact and the data, right? Even like okay, I took a lot of time. It took a long time to recruit the candidates. However, when after two or three months, so he or she. Doesn't show up the like、um, the ways of working, or doesn't show up the the result that we expected. So we have a data, we have a data like to to set or、oh、no to confirm that okay, so this person doesn't fit, and that's one. And the second thing is that back to the CEO and the founder. You know, um, we all know that like a hire slowly and fire quickly. However. When they hire the leadership team or the new outside the C-suite people, they pay salary maybe higher than the CEO, and so that's why that they put a lot of the expectation on the new hire, and it's called that they don't they they are not patient enough.、Mm. So so the thing here is that um. The thing here is that, like,、uh, to successfully integrate the new hire, the new leaders, it's required. Yes, it's required the recruitment process, like I just shared with you, about the job deliverable, about the process, about the conduct the interview reference check. But it's also required the effort of the CEO, the founder, and the current leadership team.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely,、awesome. yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is、uh, something that we talk to、uh, virtually. I think all of our guests on the podcast about right. What happens after the hiring decision is made? How do you make sure that you set up the candidate for success? So,、um, yeah, thanks for sharing that.、Um, and yeah, again, it's it's important to put in the efforts to invest in the candidates after you make the the decision to hire them. And not expect them to come in and be this white knight who will figure out how to solve all the problems that you have in in the company, right, by themselves.、Uh, and if it doesn't work out in this onboarding process, then that's part of the hiring process, and you are making the right hiring decision, right, by either choosing to to keep working with them or letting them go. So,、um, yeah, this is very very fascinating to hear. Yeah, as that post company, so they end up、uh, probation period. So they put two thousand dollar and choose to stay. 
At me concave, we don't have a two thousand dollars. However, we had the we have a Tuesday. I mean that like after almost like one and a half months, we sit down together with the candidates and put on the table, hey, so what do you experience so far? And we can share directly and we can we can offer another space for them to choose again. Okay, whether he or she choose to continue. Yeah. Or like a he or she like I can say, uh, like okay, maybe that I need more time to think. Oh yeah. So just create that space for them, for both sides to choose again. That's great. It shouldn't be a unilateral decision. I love that. Um, let's switch gear a little bit, uh, Zhang. I remember the first time that we met, the two of us met and we grabbed coffee. Um, one of the things that you share with me that really stuck with me uh, was this one statement that I thought was very powerful. And it's a lot of business problems are people problems. I don't know if you remember telling me that, but uh, I was really, really impressed with that. That was a, a, an aha moment for me. Uh, and I'd love for you to share that that thought with our audience as well. So can you explain that a little bit and maybe yeah. give some examples? Okay. Um, so let me tell you a story. Um, in 2010, when I worked with Mobile Work Group and recently I worked with FATA, as an individual level, they are not the like a superstar in the market. I mean that 50% of the leadership team at Mobile Work Group, they could not speak English. I mean that. So with the sometime like in the in the common definition of being superstar, uh, you need to have a solid like graduate from the a big school, speak English fluently, you to work as a multinational company or something like that. They don't have. As an individual level, they like I shared, they don't they they are not the superstar. But at at the team level, the ways of working, the ways of coordination, they are really like a champion football team. They can coordinate, trust and count on each other. So um I also have an experience to work with some company opposite side that they have a they recruited a lot of superstar, but they could not like communicate or work or coordinate with each other. And end of the day, so the company is a collapse. I mean, no, zero is collapse. And we need to like recruit the whole like CEO and CFO, like recruit the whole team again together again and why the business problem what makes I, I said that the business problem is called come come from the people problem because of the people or the business we always we tend to look at the strategy the direction the technology or the people the process it's good however it's not enough because at the end of the day who so the strategy is the what we need to do but how we need to do it depends on the people. Yeah, that that just reminds me of you know there's a there's a phrase that people say now it's who not how right and so it emphasizes kind of who's doing what work instead of you know the necessarily the processes and the the technicality of how it's it's being done. So yeah. 
Uh, Zhang, for the next question, we would like to ask you to take off your private equity investor slash consultant hat and put on your founder hat because you recently co-founded New Wing. Um, what was it like transitioning from being an investor, uh, talking about all of these things around how to hire, to now being a, an actual founder and doing this for yourself? Was there anything that you had to learn or unlearn as part of that process? Thank you for the interesting question. I just founded the company for four months and there was a lot of things that I learned. And um, again, one thing that I learned as a founder that there is a lot of things to do. So I learned how to prioritize. At the beginning, okay, you're right. When I was at, when, when I was at the partner or as the investor, I just, I just focused on, okay, the people, the culture, and I didn't need to to think about OPEX, to think about cash flow, to think about marketing, to think about um, uh, strategy direction, nothing, right? So that is the privilege when working as the um, uh, corporate life. However, as the founder, I have learned that there was a lot of things and it's happened at the same time. Okay, some, like at the same time, the cash flow, the resource, the people, the OPEC, the CAPEX, the, the product, everything. But um, how we can, how like I can prioritize. Awesome. Um, thanks for sharing your experience as a founder, Zhang. Um, and the next question will also be related to what you were sharing now. Uh, you now see that as a founder, you have to juggle a lot of balls, as you described it, right? There's always some fire somewhere that you have to put out every single day. Um, so our next question for you is, how can founders think about hiring for the long term when they are always basically in this survival mode? Yeah, in my view, just in my view, it's just a personal view. And also in our experience at Econ Capital, when we start any in new investment, there are two positions that we always we always focus to recruit as soon as possible. One HR, second CBO. CBO here means the finance. And uh, so, um, for for these two people that we we look at the data and we found out that at Lonet, like as soon as we hire the right people for these two positions so we can have a like a really we can set up really strong foundation yeah and these two people that we really forgot to recruit as the long-term position long term here i mean at least one or three years yeah and um and we we and definitely that we expect that they can grow together with the company but for the other position i think that Maybe that as the early stage, so the the CEO or the current co-founder, they can like handle to overcome the survival mode. If you recruit the right HRD or HRM, like who can help you, like to cascade out. It's not only the corporate culture or the value, but who can help you about the recruitment, the onboarding, also like a integrate the OKR, the KBI into the performance management 
it's all the people job it's all the and there is a lot of thing happen because of the, we don't have the HR yeah so uh, I don't want to give any advice here because it depends on the situation however for me really like think about these two positions as a long-term role mm. I guess like a quick follow-up from that is, you know, you say HR and CFO for a lot of founders, like tech founders early stage, these sound like really big roles. And the common pushback will be, we don't need those people right now, right? Um, but, you know, you're identifying them as mission critical. So um, can you share what these people should be doing in the company when they arrive. I mean, I think really emphasizing this idea of people who are willing to get their hands dirty. So how are the CFO, right? Beautiful title, C-suite, right? How are they getting their hands dirty? How's this HR, uh, D, HR director, HR manager, uh, getting their hands dirty when they're coming into a really small company um, and they're supposed to be long-term hires? Okay, so there are two types of C-suite. I mean that even like with the HR, the CFO, there are two types of skill sets. One skill sets of setting up and building up. And the other skill sets is about optimization, maintaining. Yeah. So that's why that when we ident when we identify the candidates, we need to ensure that he or she, the first thing that he or she know what to do. Like know how to set up and how to get dirty hands. Because there are some people, they, they don't have experience. No, they even don't like that. And we need to ensure that we share right at the beginning that, hey, guys, so we have nothing as multinational, everything that has the process. But as startup company, nothing. No process. <laughs> right? So, so, that, so that's something that we need to put right, right on the early days. To ensure that he or she understand that hey, so this is the job required that you get a dirty hands. So, so the the key thing here is that we recruit the person and we give them the space to grow up, and we accept to recruit at the certain level of the company development. We can we may like recruit or replace them. Um, thank you for sharing those. Uh, so. How would you pitch Ho and myself on working with newing? What's your 30 second pitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Chance to sell the company. Let's go. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So this is a surprise that uh, this is a really surprising question because I haven't ever had intention like, to pick new in company uh, to any investor. But now like, I can consider you as um, our potential partner. Potential partner, okay. potential colleague, right? If you were to poach us and bring us into newing or you want us to work okay. with newing, how would you do it? Yeah. Okay. So Andrian, so I have a uh, four question for you. Okay. 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 Uh, are you committed to realize breakthrough at, at but you are at stake with your doubts or your fear about yourself and your team members? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> are you a leader who is willing to choose to be the source of the success for your team and organization? 
Of course, yes. Okay. <laughs> Are you open to taking new views and uncomfortable action to lead yourself and your team and your organization to achieve new success? Hell yes. Okay. And um, do you want to build up a strong team who share the same vision and can count on each other to impact on change and reach new heights? Absolutely. Okay. So new in can partner with you to fulfill all that you just said. <laughs> It's like you made me pitch my you like you made me like just agree to these things that it's impossible to say no to, right? Um and I'm pitching myself, right? I have an internal conversation with myself to pitch myself on why to work with Nui. I love it. Um Yeah. This reminds me of there is a a technique and a philosophy on this on getting people to say if you say three yeses in a row, never then, speak different. Chris Voss. Yeah, it's like if you if you say three yeses in a row, <laughs> you're <laughs> you're already that's, agreeing, that's a right? Sales, yeah, that's a legit sales <laughs> technique. Absolutely. No, that's a negotiation technique, guy. Never speak different of Chris Voss. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, and and I learned from Nikon Capital because we invited him to coach us. Yeah, actually, is that every conversation in our life is a negotiation. Mm -hmm. When you want someone to say yes, you are in the negotiation conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing, Zhang. We loved your. No, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, Zhang. We really loved your stories. All sharing all of your experience at Mekon Capital, also um, with the companies that you're working with at Newing. Um, a lot of different gems and and deep insights there. Particularly, I think around hiring senior leaders, right, and taking a step back and not just thinking about, hey, I'm a startup company and I, you know, I'm I'm being scrappy. I'm going to hire. Um, Um, in that manner, but thinking about the longer term future um, to bring on true uh, leaders in the company that can uh, affect change. So uh, thank you for all of that. Thank you so <laughs> much. Okay, thank you. And um, I'm so happy that um, I can add um, a little bit value to you both and also your network. And yes, and currently the, I'm, I'm, I, I don't work Anything regarding to the recruitment, however, I think that is uh, something that I worked for a long time. So that's why that I just just share what I did in the past. Yeah, yeah. I hope that yeah. it's helpful. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you. Yeah.